Thank you, Pastor Hurd. Happy Father's Day to you. Love you. Good morning. It's good to be back with you. You may be seated today. God bless you. Happy Father's Day, men. Yeah, I believe that the Father, if you think about it, since he was appointed by God, um, has to have the most important position of authority in the world. It's got to be higher than the presidency of the United States because it deals with the most basic building block of our society, the family. Does that make sense? And so a good father is the blessing of our time. Abraham was called the father of many nations. Uh, our, Our father in heaven is called our father in heaven. The founding fathers of this country are called the founding fathers of our country. Jesus chose 12 men. There's something about male leadership that we need to identify. And I'll tell you why we need to identify it on this Father's Day. is because the enemy has identified it. He knows that if he can take out the head, he can destroy the body. Now, you understand that that means, men, that's great things for us, but that's not, that doesn't mean that we're the king or we're the dictator. It means we are like Christ. We are servant leaders. Does that make sense? However, we are leaders. And some things have happened in our society, and we're going to begin to talk about the issue or the problem, but we will end up with the solution. And the solution is sitting around you right now. I want to let you know something. The solution is sitting in this house. That's the good news. Amen. But I want to I want to equip you today. Thanks to Pastor Hurd for having me back. I appreciate that. It's our second service today. Anthony and all the uh, Pastor Clark, all the men have treated us so well. I want to thank our team uh, for coming with us today and being a part of this thing. We we do have some some books today that I've brought for you. Uh, this is called Take Your Place, and and it, it really is a, a book about my life with Ed Cole, who wrote Maximize Manhood, as well as nineteen other books. Uh, I was able to travel the world with him, and he taught me about being a spiritual son, things I'd never understood. So today, much like your pastor, uh, we have spiritual sons all over the world, Africa, Peru, Scotland, uh, Australia, and, and we love what we're doing. We turned over the church in, in uh, Katy uh, about three years ago now, two years ago, excuse me, uh, after 22 years of pioneering. And so we started from zero and we turned over a church between two and 3,000 people. Uh, and we have great leadership, great spiritual sons. We've built a ranch. Many of your men have been to it. Ladies, it's your turn next. It's called Jordan Ranch. If you haven't seen it, you need to look it up. It's five star. Uh, and we built it so that um, whenever you're invited to come to the country, uh, you can come to excellence in the country. And all the ladies said... Amen. So we want you to come. We want you to experience it, have some marriage retreats there, some women's retreats. And the guys are going to come back in full force this year for intense men. And so we're, we're excited about that. But that was what we built instead of a new building. And so we just have, uh, uh, have some great things out there, some leadership resources. The second book that we brought is called The Alpha Male and the Women Who Get Them. You'll figure that one out in just a minute, right? So half of it's written to the man, half of it's written to the lady. Um, Some of the ladies aren't smiling right now, so I know you. I wrote this for you, and uh, because I am an alpha, I didn't know that until my wife let me know. 
And living with me cannot be easy. Living with uh, George Patton or Vince Lombardi could not have been easy. Winston Churchill, come on, because they're always on. And if you look at a lot of the history, Pastor, of these guys, most of them had real challenges in their marriages. Because they would step down after commanding parliament, (laughs) or step down after commanding the United States and come home to, did you take the trash out? It just hits us wrong, and I don't know what happens, but, you know, it's on at that moment, you know? And so I thought I'd write a book about how to live with an alpha male. How to, how to live with them, not how to neuter them. How, how to live with them. And, and so it works. It's good. Plus, if your alpha male's not here, if you take a book home to him that is pink and full of butterflies, he ain't going to read it. But if you take this one home, can you see it? It's got the eye of the tiger on there. That's, a, that's an alpha male wolf. And so, ladies, that's how you do it. You walk in and you go, honey, my, uh, the, the preacher guy was talking about something today, and he wrote a book, and I saw you in it. It's on from that point on. You got him. So I thought I'd pick up a book for you. And, and in here, we teach him exactly how to sanctify that alpha male. Because we serve the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah, he's the beginning and the end. He is the ultimate Alpha male. So today, I want to talk to you about a situation that we have in our country. Because you are the answer for it. And I want to, if you have your Bibles, we'll get those out. And we'll look up scriptures and we'll talk about what God says about it. But um, um, the fatherlessness in our world... Is difficult because that's what the enemy has done. He's separated the fathers from the family, from the wives, you understand, from the sons. And we have you ever heard of a father's wound? Have you ever heard that term? It's prevalent. Uh, you, can, you can't hardly watch a movie today or a, a, a television program without some man crying out for his father. And, and, and that, unfortunately, is, is the medium by with which our, communi- our, our society communicates. And so we see a huge need today for affirmation from fathers to sons. And affirmation is critical to us restoring the man, to restore the family, to restore the church, to restore the city, to restore the state, to restore the nation, to restore the world. But it all begins with a man. Not because I say so, but because the Bible says the man is the head of his house as Christ is the head of the church. Is that what the Bible says? Now, you may not like your man. You may not think he's a good leader, but that don't change the Bible. He still said the man should be the head. So, men, that means we have to line up so that we can lead. Does that make sense? And, 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 and being, not being perfect means that we're going to probably miss it, but we still do not get a pass on leadership. Malachi chapter 4, 5, and 6 predicts this in the Old Testament. Last verse, before we see 400 years of silence. Those white pages between the Old and the New Testament, those equal 400 years. God does not speak that we know of for 400 years. Can I make a point? That's longer than your, your, your nation. That's longer than we've been a nation. 400 years, God's silent. I would think the last thing he says is important. What do you think? 
Just like your last will and testament, what they read when you're gone, is the last will that you have. Well, what does he say? Let's look at the screen. What does that say? He says, look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the heart of the fathers to their children and the heart of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Interesting. Some of the statistics you're going to see in just a minute are indicative of the fact that we are living in a curse even though we're a blessed people. We're in the world, but we're not, we're not of the world. So our neighborhood may have some cursed things going on. Does that make sense? And it will impact you and your daughters and your sons if you do not take authority over it. God didn't put you here just to sit. He put you here to take authority. Amen. And, and we can't do that if our homes are out of order. Because it does you and I no good to preach to somebody else if our, our, our house is a mess. So, so I don't know if your house is a mess. I'm just coming here to, to, to point out truths. This scripture tells me that the heart, God's heart is that the fathers would love the children and the children will be turned. But we're in a fatherless world and the enemy has tried to take out the head, the father. It's the highest level of authority in our world because it deals with the most basic building block of our society. And, and what's happened is we, we, the enemy has come in and taken out real manhood. And he's done it in a lot of different ways. But when you take out manhood out of that cell, basically you begin to in, implement a cancerous situation in the body. Does that make sense? And so today with 50% of our marriages ending in divorce, we have Johnny being raised by mother. That's not mother's fault. Let, let me say it again. That's not mama's fault. That's our issue. The good news is, men, if we made the issue, we can, we can fix the issue. I'm preaching better than your amen in this morning. That's all right. My feelings aren't hurt. I'm, I'm an alpha male. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. That's rule number one for all alpha males. First Corinthians 4.15 says this, says, though you have 10,000 instructors, you have not many fathers. Even Paul understood that it's one thing to have a teacher or a coach, but it's a whole other thing to have a father. Uh, my degree, my, my college degree is in, is in education. So I was a coach of football, track, basketball, whatever. They tell you to coach, you coach. It did that for many years. My father was the same. My brother was the same. So we, and my mother was a coach. We coached. And, 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 and what, I, what I know is this, is that if it was football season, I was going to coach you to win football. But once that was over, I was going to move on to something else. But as a father, I'm going to coach you to win in life. You see the difference right there? Because I'm not done with you when football's over. I had three sons. All of them played sports. And so I got to work with them through their sport. And it was a lot of fun. And I got to affirm them a lot. And it was a blast. My last one left high school last year. So we are empty nesters. And, and absolutely loving it. Just don't, don't tell my sons I said that. But I, I love hanging out with that's That's my wife, Rose. And uh, by the way, I won that day when, I, when we were bowling. You say, you sure are prideful. No, I'm just a guy. 
Come on, guys. How many guys, if you're going to compete, let's win. Or don't, don't keep score, right? We don't believe in participation trophies. That's, that's one of the... Oh, that's good to laugh in church. Being a male is a matter of birth. Being a man is a matter of choice. You might want to write that down. Being a male is a matter of birth. You have no choice. But being a real man is a matter of choice. We make our choices, then our choices make us. We have to be responsible for the choices that we create. But an immature male is called a boy. That's the definition of an immature male is a boy. And a boy will always make some wrong decisions out of immaturity, which is selfishness. We only become selfless as we mature. And the only way to mature is to have a father talking to you. Like this. What are you thinking, son? And when the father's gone, he's not thinking anything. Nor does he have that sound barrier to bounce off of. Does that make sense? We need fathers today to ask those questions. Um, check out this, uh, this video. How many know who Tucker Carlson is? Even the world has figured out some things that are going on wrong in our world. That Listen, if you don't have fathers affirming the son, the son will slowly turn feminine. I'm, I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just telling you the truth. If you don't have masculine, you will become feminine. But God made us to complete, not to compete. God made men and women to, and to, and to bring back that, that alpha male, godly male. Ladies, we need your help. Now, listen to me. We, we, we need your help and we need you to study that man and understand what he thinks like and, and how he is and what your part or what your role is in creating that leader that's a godly man. We, we do because we need them in all levels of government. We need them in the church. We need them in the home. But we're not going to have them just by saying we need it. We need you to understand that men and women are different. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Check out what Tucker Carlson found out in the news. This was this year. Go ahead. Something ominous is happening to men in America. Everyone who pays attention knows that. What's odd is how rarely you hear it publicly acknowledged. Our leaders pledge to create more opportunities for women and girls whom they imply are failing. Men don't need help. They're the patriarchy. They're fine, more than fine. But are they fine? Here are the numbers. Start with the most basic, life and death. The average American man will die five years before the average American woman. One of the reasons for this is addiction. Men are more than twice as likely as women to become alcoholics. They're also twice as likely to die of a drug OD. But the saddest reason for shortened lifespans is suicide. 77% of all suicides in America are committed by men. The overall rate is increasing at a dramatic pace. Between 1997 and 2014, there was a 43% rise in suicide deaths among middle-aged American men. You often hear America's incarceration crisis. Well, that's almost exclusively a male problem, too. Over 90% of inmates are men. More girls than boys graduate high school. Considerably more go to and graduate from college. 
In schools at every level, boys account for the overwhelming majority of discipline cases. One study found that fully one in five high school boys had been diagnosed with some form of hyperactivity disorder. That's compared with just one in 11 girls. Many of them were medicated for it. The long-term health effects of those medications? Not fully understood. But they do appear to include depression in later life. You know, the, the church knows that these things are going on. The church sees the, the effects of a lack of biblical manhood. Pastor, when I was here the other day, we, our third book is called Test Me, and many of you have already read that, and I've heard great reports from your pastor, and I'm, I, I want to applaud you again on your move to your new building. Give yourself a hand clap. I think that's an incredible move. It's time. Well, you couldn't do that without committed, mature people. You understand, immature people don't take responsibility for anything. It's the mature people that do. Write this down. Maturity doesn't come with age. It comes with the acceptance of responsibility. You ought to write that down. Matter of fact, you ought to be writing a lot of stuff down because if you don't write it down, it means you're not planning on using it. And you got to use it. There's, there's, there's more people that need to hear this than are in this building today. The only way they're going to hear it is when you open your mouth and you tell them the revelation that you received today. So here we go. Maturity does not come with age. All you get with age is old. Come on. I, I've seen immature 70-year-olds and I've seen mature 17-year-olds. It has to do with when you're ready to take responsibility. And so when, when you want to mature a guy from being a boy to a man, you have to begin to help him take responsibility for his choices and his decisions. Otherwise, he becomes entitled versus empowered. Does that make sense? What am I telling you? I'm just telling you all the stuff that we've put in these books from a lifetime of study. These are the books, I think, that are going to help you raise up the next generation of men. Yes, for women to speak to their sons, it happens a certain way. For men to speak to their sons, it's totally different. And we have to understand those differences. Check out this slide. How many have heard of all of the mass shootings that we've seen recently? I believe the number is 346 mass shootings in 2017. Did you know it was that high? Can I tell you that all of those involved a male? Did you ever wonder why there's no females running around shooting people? We don't have a female issue. We have a male issue. If we correct the head, the whole body will be healed. This, that's our issue. And we can do that. But it takes fathers to do that. I heard a story, and I mentioned this in the last service. It was a story about uh, an African park ranger. And he was given the task of moving uh, uh, elephants and rhinos from one park to the next. True story. They came together as a group of park rangers. How do we do this? They said, well, let's just take the young ones because they're easier and less expensive to move. And let's move them over. So they moved them over the rhinos and the, the elephants. They moved them over and they left the old ones in one park and they put the young ones so they could have their life and have their fun and, 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 and breed and, and make new. And, and they thought it was too expensive to take the old bull elephants over there. Well, what happened was uh, they began to notice that the, the white, white rhinos, which are rare, began to wind up dead every day a new one was dead and they began to put up uh, uh, those infrared cameras this is a true story 
to find the poachers because that was their issue, is that poachers would kill the, the rhino and take their horn. Everybody understands that, right? And they would sell the horn for profit. What came to their surprise was that it was not a poacher issue. What was killing the young rhinos was the young elephants. Because they were running as a gang. And they began to run over and kill these rhinos. And then they would impregnate all the young uh, 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 females. And so there was no order. There was just chaos. And one of the park rangers, they went to get another ranger and said, let's meet again. They said, what have we done wrong? And they said, well, here's what you need to do. You need to go back and get the old bulls and put them over with the young ones. You need to spend the money and take the time. To get these guys over there, they said, okay, we'll do it. They spent the money, they brought them over, and guess what happened? Order was restored. I would say to you today that we need some old bulls to come back. <laughs> I, it could be more expensive initially, and it probably won't make you popular, but it'll stop all the mess. And the next generation... You know, I've got three sons. They're 30, 22, and 20. I've been married 31 years to my first wife. You'll get that in just a minute. And, and she'll be here in the, in the next service. But I, I'll tell you this, is my sons never always agree. They did not always agree with me. I was not always the most popular guy, and I wasn't trying to be John Wayne. I just wanted to be popular. Nobody wants to be unpopular. Right? I mean, we all want to be the most popular guy in the house and everybody loves dad. And, but there were some things that you, that, you know, there were convictions versus preferences. Convictions are, are, are non-negotiable. Preferences are negotiable. And so in those moments where I had to make a decision, I was not popular. But you know what I'm finding now is the 30-year-old does. He calls me and says, hey, dad, thanks for, thanks for not letting me do that. So the question is, dads, are you willing to wait 10 years, 15 years to hear that? And I think you need to be encouraged. You need a dad. You need a coach. You need some a pastor that's saying you can do this. As a matter of fact, we need you to not be the nicest guy in town every single day. Come on, you need to be the big bull sometimes. No matter what, no matter what the local television says. We need you to be that guy. Look at the statistics that were up there. Those are actually all in this, in this book. 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless runaways. 80% of rapists. Did you hear what I said? How many of you have daughters? Raise your hand. How many of you would like to stop rape in your community? You know what the answer is? Godly fathers. Now, 80% of rapists come from fatherless homes. So if we, uh, if we put a father in that home, we stop rape. I knew, I knew this was going to be big. 71% of high school dropouts, 85% of teens in prison come from fatherless homes. Fatherlessness is the plague or the curse Malachi is talking about. Since the heart of the father and the son are not together, we are living under a curse. And what is the opposite of a curse? But uh, it's a blessing. How many want the blessing instead of the curse? 
then why don't we get fathers and sons together? Why don't we, well, and listen, ladies, another thing is ladies suffer when you don't have a father in the house. That daughter, I have a whole chapter on that. That daughter needs to learn that she's loved, appreciated, and very, very wise. That she can do anything that she puts her mind to. That God loves her. And you understand, who does that better than the affirmer? And that's what we do as fathers, but we don't know that. So we carry around God's greatest gift and we don't give it. Maybe because we've never had it given to us. Men that are not affirmed remain immature. What is the issue? The issue is seen in Isaiah 59, 19. Look at this. Isaiah 59, 19. It says, the name of the Lord uh, and his glory from the rising sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I would tell you that the curse that we're talking about is the enemy coming into our world like a flood. When the enemy comes in like a flood... The Lord will raise up a standard. What do you think he's doing today? He's raising you up as a standard to the world. Your family has to be operating right. Does that make sense? How do you know that that that's the truth? Well, you just look over in the New Testament in Romans chapter 8 and he clarifies it a little bit more. He says the earnest expectation of the creation, which is the world, eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. The earth is groaning right now with wildfires. It's groaning right now with uh, uh, earthquakes in Hawaii, flooding all over. The earth is groaning right now. The earth is alive. And, and it is subject, if you keep reading Romans 8, it is subject to man. Because God put Adam here to rule and reign, right? And man is now fallen. So how would you like to be submitted to someone who is sinful? So the earth groans and travails and so you have earthquakes and you have, you have volcanoes and you have hurricanes and you have all these things that the earth is saying, I don't like this. Would y'all get your stuff straight? You say, are you sure about that? Well, check this out. Check out verse 14. For as many as, who are the sons of God? Those who are led by the spirit of God. These are the sons of God. How can you fix something as large as the world unless you are led by the one who created the world? Those who are led by the Son or, or, or the Spirit of God. This is a Spirit-filled church. Is that what I hear? So we should be led by the Spirit, yes? So we should know that the issue is that we're out of order. And listen, God won't bless a mess. Everything He touches, He blesses. He can't help Himself. He's God. So He can't, He's not going to touch you if you're out of order. Because he would multiply disorder. So we need to get in order. Amen? Amen. Isn't it funny? We walk through our garages that are out of order to get to church so we can get our life in order. I should leave that one alone. I'll move on to the next thing. I see all those elbows being thrown by these women. Y'all play basketball or something? What? Told you to get that lawnmower out of If, if you could change it, would you change it? Yes or no? If it, if it demanded that you change your thinking, would you, would you change your thinking? Is that as a man thinketh in his heart? So as a man thinketh in his heart, so you got to change your thinking, right? How many have ever gone to a situation where you just knew you were right and it turned out you weren't? 
How many remember that sinking feeling of God going, oh man, I'm, I'm about to have to repent here. I mean, you knew it before you did it and it was coming, you know? Well, this is one of those situations because I believe that women have a lot to learn about men, the ones that we need to be godly men. And, and men have a lot to know about women, the ones that we need to help us get these men to be godly. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, I believe that women actually have more influence over a man's life than God. Well, if I go back to my Bible, do y'all believe that? Pastor, normally before I do a men's meeting, I, 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 I really do stuff at night I, more than I do on Sunday mornings because of this. I have all the women come together and I tell them that and they all go, they gasp really big. Like, what did he say? Women have more influence over a man than God. If, if, if you read your Bible right, God told Adam, don't eat that fruit. The woman said, Adam, have a bite. Which one did he do? If you have that kind of influence over your man, why don't you influence him to be a godly man and love on? I'm just saying, get him to church, whatever it takes, promise him. That was worth the price of admission today, wasn't it, Pastor? (laughs) So I normally get women together and we talk about men. And they love it. It's great. Because normally they get a woman to talk to them about men. And women, I mean, you know some things, obviously, but I am a man. So it's good to have a women's meeting with a man telling you what we really think. Does that make sense? Because how are you going to fix something if you don't really understand how it works? It's like taking a Ford to a Toyota place. It just ain't going to work. Check check out this picture and, and, and let's think differently. How many of you looking at this picture just right off the bat see the young woman? Hurry, raise your hand. Young woman. That's about half. Okay, hands down. How many see the old woman? It's the other half. Crazy, huh? How many see both? A few. How many were in the first service? You ready? The young woman has a little protrusion going that way. She's looking that way. That's her nose way over there, that little thing coming out. And that's her ear up here by her hair. Got it? That's the young woman. That's a side profile of the young woman. This would be a choker down here around her neck. Got it? A necklace. The old woman, the uh, chin profile of the young woman is her nose. And the ear of the, old, of the young woman is her eye of the old woman. Now you see it? The choker or the necklace of the young woman is the mouth of the older woman. Exactly. So five minutes ago, you were convinced that was just a young woman or that was just an old woman. Within a minute's time, you were given a revelation. It's both. See, that's why God is not alpha or omega. He's alpha and omega. 
So just when you think you can't learn anything else or you know everything about God, God shows up and says, hey, I got more for you. Well, we need to change the heads and, and that's a good thing. And guys, if you're thinking, wow, I need to change. It's all about me. I'm a bad guy. I came to Father's Day and it's really harping on me. It's not about that. It's reaching out to you to say, if we're going to change, I need you to help change the world. Because you can't change something you're, you're not willing to change yourself. When a baby is conceived at about seven weeks, male and female fetus are the same. Now stay with me. It's where you're changing, your thinking stop, starts changing. The brain has two parts to it, a right and a left hemisphere, right? It's connected by nerves. At seven weeks, something happens to the male brain. It's called an androgen wash. And it severs the nerve between what we call the corpus callosum right in the middle. To where the male no longer thinks like the female out of left and right simultaneously. Elbow the person next to you and say, that means the same time. It doesn't mean he doesn't think. It just means he thinks out of the left or the right at one time. He still has capacity to use the entire brain no matter what you think, ladies. It's just different than the way you think. So you think out of both sides. That's why you speak 25,000 words a day. He only speaks 10,000 words a day. (laughs) Pastor, I think that was almost a bigger revelation as the other one we gave. He speaks 10,000 words a day because he thinks differently. You speak 25,000 words because you're... you're, uh, your words keep going from left to right. And it's like a ping pong game. Your whole, everything is in there and it's only going to come out through your mouth. And he's the one that needs to hear it. <laughs> he gets home from work and you're, you're, you've expounded upon 10,000 words. He's expounded upon 10,000 words at your job, his job, your home, whatever. And he comes home. You still have 15,000 words left. <laughs> he's done. That's why he stumbles towards the lazy boy looking for, looking for the remote control and sits down and he just has to have some nothing time. You know what I mean? He's done. But you don't know that. So you think he doesn't love you, doesn't care about you, doesn't want to talk to you. No, he is just completely out of bullets. We have to learn about each other. If we're going to raise up a community, men and women are totally different. And to prove that fact, I've brought a real man from Jordan Ranch up here. This is Pastor Frank. Would you give him a hand clap today? Hey, Frank. Frank brought an apparatus with him. Good morning. So I'm going to delve a little further into how men and women are different. So a woman's brain is like a bowl of spaghetti. Okay, and a man's brain is like a waffle. Have you all had breakfast yet? So you can see the picture up here. So 
With a woman's brain, you see all of these noodles, they're all connected, they're all touching each other. You can't even separate the noodles from each other. This is every experience that a woman has had since she was born. Every emotion, every gift that she's given, every gift that she's received, every birthday, every anniversary. And so ladies, you are thinking about stuff all the time. In fact, you're thinking about something right now while I'm speaking to you. You're thinking in your head, did I take that ground beef out of the freezer this morning? Because I really wanted to make tacos for lunch today. So you're constantly, in fact, you're thinking about, wow, Sister Debbie, that is a cute blouse that she has on. I'm going to ask her if she got that at JCPenney. So you're always thinking about something. Now, your man's brain is like a waffle. And I brought this box here to illustrate to you. So as men, we have all these different boxes. So as we go throughout our day, we process things and we put them in a box. If our boss gets upset with us, we process it, we put it in a box. If we get home and you say, hey, little Bobby got in trouble at school, he needs a spanking, we give him a whooping, put it in a box, okay? Now, you'll notice that as we put things in boxes, those things never touch the other things that are in those boxes. In fact, we don't even think about those things unless you bring something up later. Then we got to go and try and find the box that you're talking about. That's why we look lost all the time. Now... This is our special box. Ladies, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. This is called the nothing box. As men, we like to go to this box a lot. This is why we can sit down on a Sunday afternoon and watch four NFL games back to back and think about nothing. You got it. This is one of our favorite places to go. So many times you will ask us, hey, honey, what are you thinking about? And we say, right. It's true. Every time. You know, I had a I had a single we laugh because it's funny because it's true. But I had a single mom come to me at at our church after I taught on this. She's raising three teenage boys by herself. And so she would get so hurt and upset when she would go to her boys and say, hey, sweetie, what are you thinking about? And they would say, nothing, mom. She thought they didn't want to talk to her. She thought they didn't want to share their day with her. When really, he's a man. He is thinking about nothing. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for nothing. Frank manages Jordan Ranch out in Schulenburg, Texas. He and his wife moved from our church in Katy and took that as a ministry before it was ever completed, it was ever finished. So for the past 10 years, they've seen over 65,000 people go through the revelation you just received. How are we going to change this thing? Teach the word. Preach the word. Teach the word. 
I believe that affirmation is a father's greatest gift. I've said that several times. And ladies, I don't want you to think that that means God's leaving you out of something. No, God just wants you to understand he, you have to know your role to reach your goal. God sees men and women as equal in love. But he also puts somebody in positions of authority so that things can get done. That's the bottom line. Jesus said, don't you know it must be about my father's business. He, he expects something out of his sacrifice, his investment. And he realizes that my wife has the ability to remember every single thing I've ever done. Good and the other stuff. She never forgets. She's hypersensitive when it comes to, to spiritual things. She picks up on people's looks, on their, th- their thoughts. How many know, guys, we're into this. We're alpha, we're focused, we're going down the road, but she gets my back. Does that make sense? I would be a fool not to listen to her. However, I am the president of our corporation, so I reserve the right to make the final decision. It doesn't mean that I'm not counting what she says. It means I'm listening to everything she says. She's the VP. I would be, a, I would be ridiculous. However, if I make a wrong decision, I'll pay the piper. The buck stops with me. I will not hand my wife the paycheck and say, make sure all the bills are taken care of. That hurt, didn't it? You know why? Because I'm the head. And so what I do is I say, here's how we're going to spend the money because it's my responsibility to get us out of debt. So as I run my company, I'm going to run my family and I'm going to be responsible for the choices that I make. I'm going to be a mature male. She's not stressed out. Matter of fact, she loves the fact that I've taken care of the bills for the past 31 years. You can ask her next service. The Bible says that the woman is the weaker vessel. I call that the finer vessel. It's like the difference between Tupperware, which is a man, and fine china, which is a female. They can both hold the same amount of coffee. Just one of them you put in the dishwasher, the other one you do not. It's fine. It's different. We're not wrong. We're just different. But ladies, you've got to understand how to raise up a man in these times. Affirmation is something you do not have the ability to give, though you have things that are very similar. You can respect because respect is a part of affirmation. Does that make sense? So if your son acts like he's still looking for that father's affirmation, it's because he still needs the head's affirmation at some point. And so that's why it's necessary that we have fathers turned on for Jesus Christ. I want to give you an example. I'm going to close with this today. In the Bible, I can prove uh, without a doubt that the greatest thing that ever happened was affirmation. In this particular verse, go ahead and, and, and uh, put up Matthew five seventeen. Um, well, it's a good looking picture, isn't it? <laughs> Wave at me or something back there. Tell me we on, we off. All right. 517. Let me just read it to you. That's why I have my notes up here. We good. Okay. Do not think I came to destroy the law of prophets. I did not come to destroy, but that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, let's look at Matthew three sixteen. When he had been baptized, that was my fault. Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove alighting upon him. Yes. The heavens were open and he saw and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Now the next verse is very important. 
verse 17. It says this. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In the, in the Matthew five seventeen, he does it again at the Mount of Transfiguration where he says, hear ye him. Two parts to affirmation. Number one, this is my son identifying him. Yes. In him, I'm well pleased. Letting everybody know I love him. I'm pleased with him. Yes. None of that happened until the Jordan River. Listen, Jesus was 30 years old. The Bible never, ever, ever claims that he did one miracle for 30 years. This is Jesus, the one that you serve. The one that you believe has a place in, in eternity for you. For 30 years he lived without one miracle and yet he's known for his miracles, right? What happened? He stepped into the Jordan River. He was baptized by John. When he came up from the water, the heavens opened up. A voice came from heaven. It was his father's voice. It was the father's voice. An affirmation began to happen. This is my son. He pointed him out. And in him, I am well pleased. Another time he says, hear ye him. God the Father affirmed Jesus. Can I tell you that for the next three years, there were so many miracles that happened. According to the book of John, the last verse in the book of John, it says this. And you should look it up. It says that if all of the miracles of Jesus were to be written into books, the surface of the earth could not contain the books of the miracles that Jesus did. What was the catalyst? Affirmation. The father affirmed him. Might I submit to you today that without a father's affirmation, men will remain immature. In other words, they will not reach their destiny. They will not see the miracles that God promised because they will not know who they are. Because they will not be confident in who they are. And they will keep being like a bumblebee going from this girl to this girl to this girl to this girl. Trying to find affirmation in a place where it does not exist. And more children are born without fathers. Because they're going to the wrong place. It's a generational issue. And many of us, and even in this room, listen, I do this for a living, been doing it for 30 years. I realize one thing. Most men do not affirm their sons because they themselves were never affirmed. Every year at our big camp, we had 1,700 people two years ago, 1,300 last year, fathers and sons, for this reason, to teach affirmation. For three days, we teach affirmation. How do you affirm your son? How do you hug your son? How do you look him in the eye? How do you tell him you love him? How do you tell him I'm not going anywhere? How do you tell him you got what it takes? How do you do that when you've never had it done to you? You have fathers that teach. And you secure the next generation. I hope it's good. Here's how we do it. We get word into them. We take them through nine different books. These are all books about, these are a book about the book. The book is the Bible. 
These are just written in a man's language so that he can understand it and put it into practice. We have nine different books. These are three of them. Most of them come from Dr. Cole. We put these men through a process of discipleship for one to two years, depending upon how long it takes. Each thing has a curriculum with them. We put it in their spirit, put it in their heart, with, and we put a man with them to walk this walk. So for one to two years, this is what happened uh, Friday night at Powerhouse. We had 42 people, men and women, that were uh, uh, commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel after one year of training. Are you with me? Now, wait, wait, wait. No, uh, we do this in Australia. We do this in Scotland. We do this in Africa. We do this all over the world. It's a systemic approach to maturing men. It's not just a hope and a wish and a good sermon. It is a systemic approach And so when they go through this, we give them a sword or the women get a shield because they're called to come back behind us with a shield of faith and support us and help us and and, and do the things that women are all so necessary. Some of the people you see have brought others through the process. So after you get your sword, the next year you're, you're, you're charged to bring two men through. So we'll give you a big medallion. It's just a system to do it. Um, We also um, have a, uh, uh, men and women that come to Jordan Ranch uh, to intents, to encounters. We even do a Wednesday night man church. Everything we do is to mature the man. Because his job is to pastor his family. Now we do women's church and stuff like that too. We do regular, we do all the stuff. But we got to focus on the man if the man, in fact, is an issue. Let me show you a picture of a text I got the other day. This came from uh, a young man. It was probably 30 and he read, uh, I think it was Mac, uh, uh, Alpha Male. And uh, one of my, uh, my other guys that I men- mentor, he gave him the book. And this is what he sent me. He said, I literally just started Alpha Male this morning. I'll probably finish it tonight. It hits me deep. I really wish I would have read it sooner. He just went through a divorce. Divorce is killing us. Malachi says, God hates divorce. I'm telling you not to condemn you if you've been through a divorce, but let's start changing things so that this next time we do it right. Does that make sense? I'm I'm not here to kill anybody. I'm here to say, let's pick up and go forward. I want to ask um, all the men in the congregation, if you would just do me a great favor, even if you're up there, I'd like to ask you to stand to your feet. Uh, We only have a couple hours, guys. That was the John Wayne stand to your feet. Well, now get out of your chair and run down to the front. Did you hear the women? He said, run. Ladies, I wanted you to see what's in this church. I want you to see the power in this house. Anytime God did something, look, they're still coming. Look, look. Anytime God did something great, he got men in a cave and he got serious. Each man that's here today has the spirit of God available to you. Your greatest gift is affirmation. If you're a father... There's somebody out there, even if you don't have children, there are young men running the streets, man. 
You want to change the way they look at life? You just need to learn how to grab them and say, come here, son. Call them son. It'll wreck their world. They're looking for fathers. Any public school teachers here? Wave at me. Anybody? One guy. Thank God for you. Who else? What? Another hand? uh, A guy? Okay. Thank you, sir. What does that tell you, ladies? Most public school teachers are what? How many of y'all went to public school? Are, Are you connecting the dots here? Do you know who diagnoses Johnny, the the young boy with ADHD? The teacher is the first line of defense. Because Johnny won't sit down like Jane does. That's because Johnny is not Jane. And if you want him to be Jane, you're going to be in bigger trouble than what you're trying to get him to do. The common drug today is now Risperdal. Risperdal causes a condition in young men called gynecomastia. It's the development of breast. I'm really not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you, we got some issues. And you're the answer. Good news is God in you is more than enough. Amen. I've brought pastor up because I want him to affirm you today. I I wish you'd come back for the next service and hear it again. We need it. We need porch time with dad. I don't care how old you are. We all need it. My dad's 81. He'll text me or call me and say, man, you're you're doing great. Thank God. Whatever he says, just something little makes my day. Your pastor said, uh, I would rather have nobody here today than you. Affirmation. We all need it, and you'll always need it the rest of your life. Pastor needs it. I need it. And ladies can give respect, and you should. Listen, you should. And you should give support, and you should celebrate, because he's your hero. He he better be your hero. He's your quarterback. And he'll do anything if you respect. But it takes a father to say, son, you're going to make it. Because you know I know you. Because I am you. And you're me. I want to read this and I want pastor to come and affirm us, pastor. This is called the man in the glass. And I want you to listen to this. And the pastor is going to pray over us as an affirming prayer. And I'm going to ask you to do one thing as we close. He says, when you get what you want in your struggle for self. And the world makes you king for a day. Just go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. The man in the mirror. For it isn't your father or mother or wife whose judgment upon you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts most in your life is the one staring back in the glass. He's the fellow to please. Never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear to the end. And you've passed your most difficult, dangerous test if the man in the glass is your friend. You may fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass. But your final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. If you're going to give affirmation, you got to get it. You can't give something you don't have. I can't, you can't, it just doesn't work that way. You know, it works that way in the world. Anything you do, you got to have it before you give it away. 
So I want you to think of something here really quickly. Some of you guys were in the first service. Affirmation is grabbing a guy just like your pastor and not being afraid to touch a real man. Real men aren't afraid of that. Are you with me? Yeah. Real men are, are secure in who they are. That's right. And most of our sons don't know what it's like to be hugged by their dads. And we need to repent of that and start doing it better. I do, you do, all of us. Amen? Been sold a lie in our, our country. But what I want you to do is I want you before pastor, not, not right now, but pastor's going to pray. And before we go back to our seats, I want you to practice on one guy. I know that's going to make you uncomfortable. I, I got it. But that's what, that's what we do. We make you uncomfortable. <laughs> we stretch you. Does that make sense? That's, that's what dads do. You know, it's okay, son. You can swim. Now, 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 now get in and swim, right? That's what happens here. And at intense men, some of you guys went, Pastor Anthony, 1,300 guys came to the front outside like this. And we had pastors lined up in here, Pastor. And they just welcomed them with open arm. 50, 60, 70 year old men weeping like babies saying, I've never had a hug from a man. My dad never told me he loved me. My dad never believed in me. My, one of my best friends from childhood came. I hadn't seen him in 40 years. He told me that on his dad's deathbed, deathbed, he said, I went up to him. I didn't know this till he came. And I said, Dad, I love you. He said, he looked at me in the eyes and he said, it's too late for that explicit. Don't give me that now. His last words he remembers of his dad is saying, don't bother me with that right now. Do you see what kind of mess we're in? You see how easy it then it becomes for men to get weird? These ladies, they don't know that about you. They think you're a knight in shining armor. They think that you're going to scale the, the, the castle every day and, and, and you're going to rescue them. But they don't understand that there's a hole in there. In many men, maybe not everybody, but in many. And the only way to fix it is with you. They can love you. They can celebrate you. They can never affirm you. You need this man. You need your pastor. You understand? And you need to be that man. Raise your hands to the Lord. Pastor, would you affirm us today? Father, I want to thank you for every one of these precious men. I want to thank you for the role that they play. Their place, their calling. Every single one of them are here today by divine appointment. They have selected to make this their church, but not really, God, because... Your word tells us the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And you in your wisdom brought us together and connected us. And we are now family. You joined us together. This is our body. This is our home. And Lord, from this place, we will go out and minister to our own individual families. On the basis of the overflow of what we have received. As men, we recognize our struggles and And as men, we sometimes fall. A righteous man will fall and get up again seven times, Lord. And and Lord, I call out of these men today the blessing that you have placed upon them. The anointing you have placed upon them. There are incredible gifts of destiny standing in this altar right now. 
Every single man that is in this altar came into this world for a purpose. By divine appointment, they are here. They're not an accident. You have purpose in their lives, even if they haven't yet discovered it. And God, let this be an incredible time as search begins and destiny is found and lives are transformed. Bless our men. Let them be priests in their home. Let them be leaders of righteousness. Let them be models and examples of godliness. Help them to have the courage in a time when when men are not allowed to be men anymore. Help them to be who you've called them to be. In Jesus' name, we ask it for your glory. Lord, I pray right now also for forgiveness for every man that I sense in this building is struggling knowing that he didn't measure up to the bar the way that he wanted to. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us of all sin and unrighteousness. I thank you because these are men of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.